0: Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton.
1: And I'm Susan Touchton.
0: Hey, we covered cancer last week and uh, not saying we won't revisit, just saying that eh, for right now we're done with it. We're going to uh, start on the death part um, because, you know, bottom line is we're all terminal. Um, Now we don't know the day and sometimes people leave early and that creates issues and sometimes they just naturally die of age and so anyway we're going to start on that today
1: so what i have found um obviously god gives each one of us life Um, he creates us he has a purpose for us Um, but he also gives us death and so um, in my lifetime i have faced a considerable amount of death i've lost three siblings I've lost my father, my uncle, aunts, grandparents. um, The list goes on and on. And some of them, obviously, was due to age. um, But I would say the majority of them were shocking, um, were unexpected. And so, you know, what do you do with that when you get a blow like that? And I know that a lot of everybody has experienced death in some form over another losing a loved one and so you know we really have two options of what are we gonna um, how are we going to react and handle it and how are we um you know are we going to do it what there is no right way actually so um but i can tell you that especially when i lost my brother when he was 34 in a construction accident Um, you know, it was devastating. It rocked our whole world. It was unexpected. He was young and, um, it changed our lives forever. And so I can honestly tell you that I didn't make some of the best choices in handling it. Um, alcohol was my friend at the time because it numbed the pain. It numbed what I needed it to, uh, numb. It didn't make me feel better by any means, but, um, it took the edge off. And so, You know, what I've learned over the years with losing uh, two other siblings and, of course, my dad and, again, uh, grandparents and things like that. But really, the siblings were were the most devastating for me. And um, God is the only one that can carry us through that. And we've got to learn to rely on him. We've got to learn to trust him. And we don't, you know, I don't understand why my siblings are gone. I don't understand why. My mom has had four children and three of them are left. I don't understand why I'm the only one left out of the four. And so just a lot of unanswered questions. But in that, um, I can trust God. I know that he has a plan. And uh, because I handle them differently now, it was in a what 21 year span, I guess, from John to Rhonda. And so um, lots of growth in there, thankfully, but... Just knowing that I don't have to understand. I trust um, that their relationship with the Lord um, was solid. And so they are in his presence. And I look forward to seeing them one day, um, which is, is brings us comfort and peace.
0: Well, and that's what this last year and a half since we've been gone, uh, we lost dad. Um, just a... Um, just a tough time. Um, you know, God, the thing is, he was 80, and, um, you know, there were spots that our relationship wasn't great, but the real blessing was the last two months he lived with us. Um, and, you know, truly, it was uh, probably the best time uh, in my in his relationship was the last two months of his life. And, you know, uh, a a real, we've watched God work through that whole situation multiple times. Um, he was very sluggish, very struggling to function when he moved in and, and really was not clear headed. And we have a local revival and, uh, I, I think it's eight different nights, and 15 different churches, all denominations, and each night's at a different location, and we went to the first night, and um, dad was just sitting there kind of shaking at the invitation and struggling, so I, I sat down beside him and said, so what? Uh, what's going on? And he says, I just want the pain to stop, and I said, well, you want me to get some pastors to pray for you, and he's like, yeah, and so there was two other pastors available. I grabbed them and we went to praying and, uh, just really that, that God would take the pain. And, you know, um, literally we were driving home 30 minutes later and I said, dad, how are you feeling? He says, you know, I, th- I think the pain's gone. He got home and was very, very active. I mean, just very sharp and active. And so the next night we go to the revival and one of the pastors that um, had met him the night before walked up to me and said, is that your dad? And I'm like, yeah, you met him last night. And he said, David, that's not the same man I let, I met last night. So it, it's, you know, um, God's, God did some real miracles towards the end of his life, in his life, and I think showed him a different side of him. Um, you know, he... He died three or four weeks before he finally passed. Um, and he was in the emergency room, coded. They brought him, they got him back and had him on a ventilator. And you know, we rushed to that hospital to rush because he's life lighted to another hospital. And you know, um, the doctors, his potassium was very high. And the doctors, this eight o'clock in the evening, said, you know, if things. If his potassium don't go down, he's going to be bad. If he has another episode, there'll be nothing left of his brain. So we signed a DNR and we just went to praying. And, um, I think it was a normal prayer. Prayer. Susan says it's not, uh, wasn't, but we just prayed, surrendered him to God and said, God, if you're going to take him, take him. We've signed the paperwork, but if you're not, we want him better than he was this morning. And... By 4 o'clock, or by 10 o'clock that night, his potassium was normal. They did brain scans. I mean, just um, a real immediate change. Um, I don't understand it. I don't know why God did it. Um, Well, I've got some thoughts on that, but I'll finish the story. Literally, he was off the vent the next day within 12 hours. He was off the vent, which a cardiologist friend of mine says never happens two days are minimum. Um, he was back to normal by Wednesday in rehab on Thursday. I I mean, literally was back. And, um, three weeks later, he was staying here and we were out of town and he was good. And, and, uh, then some friends of mine were over here working, and they seen him and helped him and said, man, he's best he, they've ever seen him. He got ready for bed, and he went to sleep and was gone in the middle of the night. And, you know, I've asked God, because I'm big on asking God questions, because the disciples ask stupid questions, so I'm going to ask stupid questions. And I was like, God, why, why did you save him to turn around and let him die again? And really, the the response I felt like I really got was because I wanted to show you I could do it. And it, that it doesn't make it any easier. Um, you know, now I'm unpacking my childhood, the stuff with dad, where I'm at. And it, it's, you know, not running from it, not dwelling on it, but acknowledging it.
1: Well, and I think, too, what um, all of this, you know, makes me think, so how do we support our spouse when something tragic happens to one of our loved ones? I mean, obviously, um, touch was my family, too. We've been married almost 30 years. So, you know, David's family is my family. My family's David's family. And. Um, but obviously, the death of um, our specific family impacts us differently. And so how do we support our spouse through that? Um, you know, and, and I can't say that um, David has supported me well or that I have supported him well, because you just don't know what it looks like. You know, life is is messy and sometimes especially since my sister Rhonda died a year ago in march it'll be be two years this march but you know i sometimes i feel like david doesn't acknowledge that or that it just doesn't matter um and it's and to me it's extremely significant to him it's not as and i don't mean that in a, a bad or negative way but it's like How do we support one another through probably some of the hardest things that we go through? Because, I mean, this is train wreck marriage. This is we want to my desire for this podcast is to help people try to navigate some different scenarios of life that are just going to happen. And so, you know, a lot of times when David's struggling or um, working through things, the best thing for me to do is to just ask if i can help ask what's going on um it it goes back to that communication thing and if he doesn't want to open up if he doesn't feel like talking about it then i get to step away and just be quiet and not push the issue i think a lot of us um from male to female we're all fixers And we want to fix whatever situation's going on if our spouse is hurting. Um, But some things you just can't fix, and it's not our job to fix. And so we have to learn to allow God to do that, which then leads me to I think that we forget, or at least I do, how valuable prayer is. Yeah. When I don't understand why He's reacting to me the way that when I'm just trying to help and maybe I'm getting some negative emotions or negative comments or whatever the case may be um, I think what's important is to remember to just maybe you just need space and I step away but then instead of which I'm really good at um, trying to figure out well what have I done wrong how can I help him what's what's you know why is he being such a jerk or whatever instead of maybe just taking it to God and laying him at God's feet and saying, Lord, I can't fix this, but you can. Prayer is, is huge, and I think that that's not our first go-to.
0: No, I'd agree completely. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head in a lot of different aspects. And, you know, really just communicating through things. Um, you know, sometimes you don't know what you're thinking when you're going through that. Um, we tend to get more distance in bad times, um, you know, because we don't, we, we have not conquered how to process through things correctly with a spouse. We're still working on that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's some of, you know, sometimes you just don't know what the feeling is. You just feel horrible. But you can't pinpoint it, and we don't talk it through. And that's one thing that we've talked a lot about outside of here is is how do we go through things together? Um, again, not fixing, because we both like to fix. That's a natural trait in us. and But just being there, and I do a horrible job. I mean, I, I know it. I don't know how to stop it. I'm getting better sometimes to, to just let her vent and she doesn't like awkwardness or quietness. So when I just sit there, um, but it does, when I do that though, she continues talking, but it may be three minutes later. It's a, it's a long silence. And sometimes I just can't not just let it be quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, for your spouse, it may be different, Um, I react to things different than she does. I'm a guy. I tend to internalize. I tend to pack up. I tend to stop. Um, And, you know, with her, it's it's, she tends to go in silent mode too. That's kind of where both of us go is silent mode and and just trying to figure out who we are. Um, It's a real struggle sometimes though for us to figure out what the other one needs, um, I think we we both are sometimes too much fixer, which brings a whole another God conversation. We'll probably handle it in a different podcast where we have the good idea or the good fix, or we want to. When really, like Susan said, it's about praying. It's about um, it's spiritual. It's not flesh and blood. And, and I think to a point we, we struggle sometimes praying for the other one in the moment. Was that a first thing? Yeah.
1: And you know, I, um, right before the beginning of the new year, um, I don't know if we were just in a bad spot or I don't remember exactly what was going on. But God just laid it on my heart to, you know, how everybody makes these New Year's resolutions and it usually has to do with health and, and, um, exercise and all that stuff, which is great. Um, but I think what God laid on my heart was, I want to see a different outcome in David and I's marriage. I want us to, um, you know, fall back in love like we did when we were dating and, Um, be able to communicate with each other well and love each other well the way that God intended it, well, that's not going to happen overnight and that's not going to happen in our own flesh. So one of my goals for this year is I'm going to read a book on marriage um, once a month. So 12 books on marriage and how to to love differently, how to take care of my spouse differently, how to pray for my spouse. Um, I've got a whole... Library of different books that deal with marriage. and um, so I'm committing to read those once, you know, one book a month, which is not un- unreasonable. Um, but then also praying for david. i'm not I'm not very good at um, lifting him before God because a lot of times honestly, I'm either mad at him or he's frustrated <laughs> me or I'm just not in a good headspace. Yep. and so, um the best thing if I want things to look differently then I'm going to ask God for them because God's word tells us that if we pray in according to his will um if we ask he will answer if we seek he will we will find if we knock the door will be open and so I know that God gave us marriage and right. he wants us to have a marriage that thrives and can help people And so, I would just encourage women, I mean men, I think you could do it as well, but um, women, learn to pray for your spouse. Um, There's all kinds of books out there that you can get if you don't know how to do it or where to begin, but um, pray for what you want your marriage to look like, because God will answer. Um, It's as long as it's in his will, and we all know what God's will for marriage is, and that's to stay together. And so, um, that's kind of what I've committed to this year: is to just pray and and lift David up when I know he's struggling. Um, take my hands off of trying to fix it or be a better wife or whatever the case may be. Um, but just to pray to God that He would um, change His heart that he would um, heal his heart and his wounds and the things that he tells himself. Because I think a lot of times um, when he is in one of his moods or whatever you want to call it, it has nothing to do with me. No, It's what's going on internally in him. And so I can't, again, I can't fix that, but I can certainly lift it up to God to fix it.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's a Canadian rapper, which I'm not a big rap kind of guy, but uh, Dax, D-A-X, To Be A Man. That song, whew, whew, that one's a tough one because at different parts of our lives, uh, listen to the song because there's a lot of truth behind it. But, I, you know, I was sitting here thinking, as as Susan was talking, um, we we really get to the point... To where we isolate and we we don't want to do anything and you know I understand it's not all cases so it, this isn't a broad brush theory um, but a lot of truth is your spouse is a mirror whatever you're giving them is what you're getting back and even though we think that we're doing what's right, that doesn't mean that we're doing what they need or that we're we're not loving them. You know, a lot of times I know in our marriage, when one gets mad, we both end up mad. And so it, the, the second one doesn't know why they're mad, but they're just mad at the first one because the first one's mad.
1: Well, and I can't tell you how many conversations we've had, and we know it. So, you know, beware. Like how many conversations have we had that says, "Well, I'm treating you poorly because you treat me poorly. If you treated me better, I would treat you better." There is no win in that.
0: Somebody has to start.
1: God (laughs) doesn't say wives love or husbands love your wives when you feel like it or when they're behaving correctly. And God didn't say wives respect your husbands when they whenever you feel like it. it. It's when you when they don't deserve it. That's when we should be loving them well, and we can only do that through the strength of Christ.
0: Right, and I. But I also think you hit on a key thing. Um, when they're at their worst, that what they really need is to know that they're loved. Yeah. They're supported. Um, they're respected. Um, one thing I'm horrible at that I'm I'm trying to work on is Susan being heard. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm trying to work through that. Um, you know, so it's kind of one of those things that um, it, we, we really, as humans, it, we want to fix. If you're mad, I want to be mad. If you've done something to me, I want to retaliate. Mm-hmm. And really, when you look at what Christ did, there, there is no retaliation. Um, and I think that, that if you keep that principle in mind, if you're not receiving from your spouse, what you want, then it may be you, maybe you need to change your tactics. And I, I get it that it doesn't fit every situation, but I also, you know, the guys, if they get respect, if they feel like that someone cares, cause sometimes we go through life and feel like we're on an Island. Just surviving to get a paycheck. Um, you know, it, there's a mixed bag there, and I think for the women as well. Me, me figuring out how to let Susan be heard, so that it means something to her. Um, I, I, I haven't grasped that yet. I'm, I'm trying. It's on my radar, and but it's gonna take communication from her. To help me find the answer, which we go back to, we suck at communication. <laughs>
1: See the vicious cycle? Yeah. I um, mean, that's the thing, you know, we are all, everyone um, has selfish tendencies. Um, you know, we all want what we want, when we want it, how we want it. We all have in our heads what it looks like. Um but oftentimes that's just not the case because if you've chosen to get married you are now um it's no longer just about you and then you throw kids in the mix it's really no longer just about you and so yeah. trying to just navigate um the priority of things and of course I've always learned that God comes first your marriage second and then really your are kind of third um uh, but trying to navigate kind of what that looks like when you're not necessarily treated how you want to be treated or respected how you want to be respected um, but but God's big enough to handle those things yeah
0: no I agree completely and I think it's you know um, if you're married and you become one then you're really treating yourself like crap. Mm-hmm. Whenever you treat your spouse like crap, so it's kind of that mirror thing. You're, you're getting back what you're giving out, and is it moment by moment exact swaps? No, but we we tend to build on stuff. We tend to have molehills that we make into mountains mm-hmm. um, by them being unresolved. And so you know, one of the challenges that I'm I'm really trying to work on me is, You know, when I'm not getting the response that I'm wanting from Susan, instead of saying she's wrong and she's doing it wrong, saying, okay, am I treating her well enough? Do I need to change what I'm doing? Do I need to, how can I treat her better to get her to the point where she treats me better? Because it starts with me. I can only change me. I can't change her. I can only change my reaction. I can't change her reaction. But I think a lot of it, we we assume um, it's their fault. And sometimes it's ours. Mm-hmm. Does, does that make sense, babe?
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, I wish I could sit here and tell you we have it all figured out. We don't. We rode eight hours down to Fort Worth this last weekend. <laughs> and there was literally a span of probably, I don't know, two or three hours that we didn't say a word to each other. And it's not because I was sleeping. Um, it's just, um, he was, I felt like he was in a mood and anything I said was going to be taken incorrectly or that I might hurt his feelings or just let it go or, but there was for sure a tension in the truck that you could cut with butter and I cut with a
0: knife, not butter. Oh yeah.
1: Cut with a knife. (laughs) There was butter. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But like, it's like. And, and again, like I said last week, it's like who are we to say to get on this podcast and tell people how to have a have a good marriage or how to work it because we we fail at it every day um but thankfully we love each other enough to try to work it out but it's just like I don't know if it's just there was a time that in the truck that we just needed a, a break because we never we didn't come up with a resolution right we didn't really we were just kind of at at wits end with each other. And then we got there and got with people and like life went on. But, um, so w- we don't have it figured out. We're not perfect by any means. Um, but I would say again, thankfully that we have a love for one another that we pray. Um, uh, I'm assuming he prays for me cause I pray yeah. for him and, and God blesses that. And it may not be, We may not consider, you know, look at it and say, oh, well, this is God's hand in it. It may just be, well, we've slept on it. We feel better. Time to move on. Um, But just know that it's, you got to love each other enough to want it to work.
0: Well, and I think that's kind of the point of this podcast. Number one, it's good therapy for us. Number two, um, you need to know you're not alone. Right. Um, you know, and my perspective from in the truck, I felt like she was mad and I had no idea why she was mad. And, uh, you know, that's the thing is, you know, when you really start breaking down marriage, you need to understand that you're not alone. Uh, there are no perfect marriages. There is no, um, we're great every day. Do you go through seasons? You're great. Absolutely. Do you go through seasons where you're horrible? Absolutely. And, but it's it's really your responsibility to figure out what you're not giving your spouse at the time. That That's really kind of, for me, the moral of the story. Because as you just heard, we both thought the other one was mad. And both of us thought we were in a good spot, which means neither one of us were right. So um, we both got stuff to work on. And I, I think that's, for me, the thing you need to know as you listen to this podcast. You're not alone. That's right. Um, you know, we're, we're 30 years deep in marriage. We're very transparent. We haven't figured it out. Um, we're, we could put on the mask um, of everything's great, our marriage is wonderful, days go great. Mm-hmm. But in all honesty, that does no one any good. Mm-hmm. We live a lie. Um, so I I just want to encourage you that if it's bad, it's bad by choice. And the thing is, you've got to own your part in it. Mm. It's not only their fault. They may have fault in it, but you know, I, I really think that as I've, as I've kind of pondered this week and it just, just been a lot of things that's been brought up in different situations to where it's like, okay, how I know Susan needs to be heard. How do I do that? How do I make her feel like she's heard? Um, because that is a priority for her. And that's something I've done horrible at over the decades. Um, And so it's, you know, I'm trying to own how I'm treating her, which is getting the response that I don't want.
1: Well, and I would just say, uh, David has said from the beginning that there are no marriage problems, that there's God problems. And so I would just say, if you're struggling, um, like we all do, then how's your walk with the Lord? Right? Are you in communion communication with him um, on a regular basis? And when I say that, are you listening to him instead of just um, complaining and um, throwing all your trash at him for lack of a better word? Um, and and it's not always easy because there's sometimes that God doesn't feel like he's in it and that he's not present. Um, But we know that he is all the time. And so um, If you can work on your relationship with God um, Whether your spouse does or not honestly um, God's gonna carry you through we all know if you're if you know anything about the Bible that God hates divorce And so, you know, we are living proof that he can work through all things and all situations and all bad choices Um, but but you've got to really learn to rely on him and depend on him. And so um, I would say that if you feel like your spouse is not willing to um, do anything to make it better, just, just lean in, lean into God because he will, um, he has the solution.
0: Nope. I agree. There's nothing I can add that to that, that uh, would make it any better. So we're out of time. We've went through our 30 minutes and, You know, we just want you to be encouraged that you're not alone. Mm. Everybody has struggles. They just tied them really well. And uh, God's got a plan. Now my question is, are you interested in his plan or are you good with your plan? How's it worked out for you to this point in life? Mm. Anyway, have a great week. We'll be seeing you next week. Bye.